Questions. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to Morning Glory. Why don't you take your Bibles and meet me today in Ephesians chapter 2, and let's talk today about successfully reaching what we can call cruising altitude. Praise God. Let's open up in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. This is the day that you have made. We're going to be glad, oh God, we're going to rejoice in you all day long. We give you praise. Father, as we go into your word, we're asking that your Holy Spirit would illuminate our understanding so that we can take your word and apply it to our lives even this very day. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. And we all agree and say, Amen. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved. Now, let's talk today primarily about verse 6 and has and raised us up together. So God has raised us up together. Together with who? Together with Jesus. And made us sit together in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Well, uh, chapter 2, of course, is further continuation of what Paul was really revealing in chapter 1, that during the resurrection and the ascension of Christ, Jesus was raised far above all principality and power and might and dominion. And I, I know the church understands that, but I think sometimes the church has not quite uh, taken hold of the amazing revelation that when God the Father raised Jesus, He raised us up with Him. And when God the Father seated Christ at His right hand, we also, because we are in Christ, have been seated in a place of rule and dominion as well. God has raised us up together, that would be with Jesus, and made us sit together in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. So that really is the, let's call it the cruising altitude that we're supposed to be cruising at. And when an airplane takes off, you, you know, maybe it's a good day, maybe it's a cloudy day. Uh, I think what's always kind of interesting, even if it's cloudy and rainy, and the weather would outwardly appear to be kind of yucky, well, you know, you just keep climbing, and before you know it, you're going to get past all of that, because the sun's always shining above the clouds, unless it's nighttime. Praise the Lord. But it's always nice up high. And, you know, some planes get, uh, they get up high faster than others. And if you're, if you have a fighter jet, uh, you can be there in just a few seconds. And I've been to some of the uh, air shows before with the Air Force Thunderbirds. And it's always great to see them. I believe what the, the Navy has the Blue Angels. But either way, they're a lot of fun to watch because uh, those jets can just go literally straight up. And they can be real high altitude, uh, not within a few minutes, uh, just within a few seconds. So it's always a lot of fun to see things like that. But normal type airplanes, you know, like a um, jet commercial airliner that a lot of uh, all of us have flown on when, you know, going from city to city or something like that, you know, you're about 33,000 feet elevation. Well, it takes a little while to get up there. And, you know, the plane is kind of pitched forward and you just up, up you go. And eventually the uh, the pilot says, 
Well, we've now reached cruising altitude. Uh, if you need to get up and uh, go somewhere, go to the bathroom or something like that, you can do that. Well, our, our cruising altitude as believers is Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6, where you are in that place, and you know you are in that place with Christ, where you are literally above the enemy, Satan, all the powers of darkness, you are above them because you are in Christ, and you know Jesus is above them. So you're seated above all of that, so you function out of that position, and that, that is the, nor the normal cruising altitude. The reality is that, um, although this scripture is true, the reality of actually having it experiential in your life is uh, it can take some some real faith effort. You know, things don't always go as we plan. Uh, you know, every day is different, and uh, you know, a lot of times people they have situations that puzzle them where maybe they suffered a defeat, maybe they suffered some form of humiliation or embarrassment, and I've heard Christians say things like, well, you know, I don't know why God allowed that to happen to me, or I don't know why God put me through that. But you know what? When you get into those early morning teaching sessions with the Holy Spirit, based out of Isaiah chapter 48, the 17th verse, where Jesus says, I'll teach you. I'll teach you how the prophet, and I'll lead you in the way that you should go. So in that teaching, uh, I tell you what, it the, the Holy Spirit goes very, very deep, and you'd, you'd almost have to try to avoid God. And I know that's why a lot of Christians, they don't really pray. It's not that they, you know, maybe don't want to be spiritual. That could be a part of it, but a lot of it is they don't want to face the reality of maybe why they're losing in life. And I think that any good coach, a good coach, would realize we don't have to lose. I know the other teams want to win also. I know they're trying to win. But you know what? We do not have to have a losing record. And so when you go before the Lord, and you wait on the Lord, and the Holy Spirit is teaching you the Spirit of Jesus, you're being taught by Him. He'll tell you how to win. And He will help you go over situations in your life that could have been a failure, or it could have been something where instead of being a success, maybe it was a flop. Well, this is very interesting. When we go through these things, what's going on is the Holy Spirit is trying to help us establish our cruising altitude. And if you're, if you're on a losing streak, you certainly don't feel like you're flying at 40,000 feet. You may feel like you're not, you're not even off the ground. And you'll, you can look at a verse like that and say, well, I know it's true because it's in the Bible, so it has to be true, but it's certainly not something that I'm living or experiencing. Just like an airplane has to gain altitude, and you just don't, you know, be there just a second. You know, you have to climb, climb, you know, the engines are giving out thrust. You're climbing, climbing, and eventually you reach cruising altitude, maybe you go through some turbulence or clouds or a little shaky down low, that, that's common. Higher up you get, uh, you know, things begin to smooth out. 
And if you, you know, you have certain kind of airplanes, they can go a lot higher than others. They, they have a higher ceiling. Uh, some fly at 50,000 feet. There's hardly any air traffic above 50,000 feet. There's just very few planes that can fly that high. They're not, they don't have the ability to be pressurized uh, to be rated to fly at that level. So you get way up there. There, there is no turbulence. You're up there by yourself and, uh, you know, just go straight on to wherever it is you need to go. That's Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6. But I think some believers are grounded, and they want to go up. They need to know how to get up, and that's what we're talking about today. So Ephesians 2, 6, that's our cruising altitude. Isaiah chapter 48, verse 17, again, where Jesus, our Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, basically saying, I'm willing to teach you. Now, if He's going to teach us, we have to be open for discourse and discussion. Because as you sit there waiting on the Lord in those early morning hours, the Holy Spirit will bring up situations before you. And uh, it's classroom time. What's He doing again? He's, he's getting you up to your cruising altitude where you live your life out of a place of dominion and authority. And you're, you're, you're winning. You're walking with the Lord. You're walking in the Spirit. This is very, very fascinating. Praise the Lord. I think when you're in these sessions with the Holy Spirit, these teaching sessions early in the morning, you really have to, you have to really be honest. A lot of Christians, are, they're, not willing to get, they're not willing to get honest. I know uh, years back, uh, a lot of Christians were very sad because uh, there was a young uh, Christian couple. Uh, I guess they were friends, uh, a young man, a young lady, maybe uh, early 20s, and uh, there was an accident and they lost their lives. Very tragic and very unfortunate. They were, they were both Christians. Um, you know, and sometimes Christians wonder, why does stuff happen like that? Why did God put people through things like that or allow stuff like that? But you know what? Um, I'm not really interested in knowing why certain things befell certain people, but I know in my own life, I want to win. So if, I, if I'm not seeing success, the Holy Spirit starts bringing things up of why it didn't turn out the way it should have turned out. So, you know, you know, just thinking about an accident or something like that, I know uh, just kind of like uh, thinking back to that accident, it happened like at one o'clock in the morning with those young people. Well, you know, you'd have, you'd have to ask yourself, what are, what are, you know, what's a couple doing that's not married driving out, you know, in a very rural area at like 1.30 in the morning? Uh, so the Holy Spirit begins to help you on this because you begin to understand things and the Holy Spirit, He'll help you to understand, hey, if you're in the wrong place at the wrong time, wrong things can happen, bad things can happen. And a lot of Christians don't understand those dynamics. Woo! Oh my goodness. Pastor Stephen, I don't understand why that happened to the, the brother so-and-so. Well, uh, brother so-and-so probably never should have been there. If he had never been there, that never would have happened, at least not to him. Mm, my goodness. Another thing that we need to think about is really when situations just come in, suddenly, like life has a way of doing, were you prayed up? Were you ready for that? Or did you just think it was going to be like another normal, maybe we could call it even a boring day? Not every day is going to be a firework day where maybe phenomenal things happen. Some, there is a normalcy of life. I, I, I wouldn't call it boring. Some people call it boring. I like normal life. I like, 
regular life just as much as I like, uh, you know, real high life in the spirit with miracles and signs and wonders and all of that. that that's great. But I also like just normal life, you know, walking around the house and, you know, uh, doing work at the church and uh, things like that. I like all of it. It's all good because it's all in the Lord. But I want you to understand something. Ephesians 2, chapter 2, verse 6, that's our cruising altitude. That is our cruising altitude. A lot of people can't reach cruising altitude or have this a reality in their life because they, they're constantly, they're getting over on the wrong turf. And if you get over on the enemy's turf, the, there's no telling what could happen to you. A lot of things can happen that aren't good. So you really want to let the Holy Spirit teach you and help you to start winning. I don't want to say the Holy Spirit is a coach, but He is in some ways like a coach. There are some coaches where losing is just not acceptable. It's not acceptable. And they, they have ways of winning. There are certain teams, they're going to have winning records every single year. And why? It's because of the coach. They are just, they're just winners. They, they create a winning environment. They create a winning team. And it's not luck. It's not accident. It's not some kind of coincidence. They just know what they're doing. And they refuse to have a losing uh, type mentality. So they're winning all the time. So that's what the Holy Spirit starts helping you to do. So you can get up to a cruising altitude, walking in the Spirit, and you're pleasing God. Things are going well for you. Things are going good for you. Praise the Lord. Now, I want to show you somebody in the Bible, our Lord, and Je our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who just stayed at cruising altitude all the time, all the time, despite crazy turbulence, unexpected turbulence that would shake a lot of people, but he, could, he just could never, ever be shaken. And I want to show you how these things come in just like unprepared, unexpected, out of the blue, and they come fast, and they can come in like in a savage way, and you, you have to walk in the Spirit. You have to be at a cruising altitude, and that's what we're talking about today. The Holy Spirit's really going to help you to correct some things so that you're flying in this high realm. Glory to God. And it is a very high realm indeed. Let's go to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 21, and let's go directly to verse 23. Now when he came into the temple, that would be Jesus, the chief priest and the elders of the people confronted him as he was teaching. It's very easy to read over that and not know the impact of that unless you've actually been teaching in front of a large crowd and you have a group, a small group of hostile you know, hijacking takeover type that comes in, disrupts your teaching in front of all the people that you're teaching, and they're going to try. They're going to try to publicly humiliate and embarrass you in front of all the people. And they didn't tell you they were coming. They did not announce it. This is. These are coordinated, well thought out, well planned attacks. Oh, hallelujah! That are designed by the enemy to cause you to never reach your cruising altitude, to cause you to stay grounded, and to cause you to be a person that is humiliated before others. Mm, watch this again. Now when he came into the temple, the chief priest 
And the elders of the people confronted him as he was teaching. So that would be like a pastor or minister preaching, ministering to the people, and a small group walks up and disrupts your service and just, you know, breaks all of that up without telling you, just walks in, you know, come, comes in through the door, so to speak, and just comes right up to you while you're trying to preach and teach. And, you know, they just start coming in at you with these, with these questions. Woo! And they came in hot. They came in emboldened. And what are, they, what are they wanting to do? They're wanting to embarrass Jesus, getting to look silly, getting to look flustered, getting to look frustrated in front of the people. And uh, they also want to entangle him and catch him in his words. So the, these are things you've got to be up and flying. Oh, hallelujah. You have got to be up at your cruising altitude. Woo, glory to God. Or these things will shake you. I've had it happen to me when I'm preaching, particularly overseas. I've had, I've had things that were so disruptive that without tremendous time of having been with the Lord, uh, there, there's no way you can, you just, it's just too crazy. It's too crazy. And you, the way you respond is the way, uh, is what's going to go across to people. Because if you get, if you get, um, how can I say, caught off guard and you get flustered, that spirit will go over on the people, and uh, there's there can be like a break in trust because they'll see they'll see like that something like was shaky in you when you got hit with the projectile. Glory to God. Let me give you an example of another minister, um, Juanita Bynum. She was preaching one time at a women's conference. I, I don't know how many people there, but you know, thousands and thousands, a lot of, a lot of ladies, just ladies only. So this is the women's conference and she's preaching and suddenly uh, in front of all the ladies, you know, got all these ladies, like, you know, like a, like a coliseum full of women. Suddenly a nude man starts running all over the coliseum. Totally naked, no, no, no underwear, no socks, nothing, running around. <laughs> How about that? How about, what? now stop and think, what if that was your meeting and you were the speaker? And while you're trying to speak, let's say your lady, you, while you're trying to speak to the ladies and minister the gospel to them, a nude man starts running around naked. Well, well, that's, that's no big deal, Pastor Stephen, just have, just have the security guards, you know, take him out. Well, hey, it's a ladies' conference. I don't, I don't know if there were any men security that were even there. What are you doing in a situation like that? <laughs> I took us, because remember, the enemy wants to like, he wants to fluster you and rattle you in front of the, in front of the people that you're trying to lead. Mm, 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 mm. Well, Juanita Bynum just got real, real still while this guy's running around nude, naked, wanting everybody to look at him and, you know, to upset, you know, the, the whole, the whole conference. Why need a Bynum just gets real calm, real quiet. She says, you know, the Holy Spirit's t uh, speaking to me. And the Lord is saying that in this conference, we need to really get naked before him. In other words, really open our hearts, let the Lord come in and clean, uh, not act like we, we got, we have it all together when we have a lot of problems, uh, not, not, uh, you know, tried to hide things that are major issues in our life. She says, we really need to get naked before the Lord. 
and just uh, the Spirit of God just swept over all the people. Uh, I don't know what happened to the naked dude. I guess they eventually got rid of him, or I, I don't know what happened to him. But all I'm saying is, she won, and the enemy lost. The enemy's plan to embarrass and humiliate before thousands, it totally flopped and failed. Wow. Thank you, Lord Jesus. <laughs> Woo! Oh, she would go into a conference like that uh, after having done a 21-day fast. See, when you, when you are spiritually prepared, you're ready for what might show up. There's no telling what might show up. Uh, the chief priest with his leaders coming in there trying to be very dogmatic and bullish and very hostile, or a nude guy running around. There, there's no telling. There's no telling. But here's the bottom line. It doesn't matter as long as you're at cruising altitude. If you're in the Spirit, you really are ready for anything. If you're not, um, that's why teams have losing records. That's why believers have things where, you know, um, they talk about failures that happened three or four years ago. You know why they talk about it? You know why they remember it? Because they still have never figured out why it happened. It's like a team losing. And you never sit down with the coach after the game and say, Coach, what went wrong? Show us what went wrong. Now that's, see, that's what they do in the NFL. They sit down, they watch film. They say, this is why we lost. Why did we lose? Well, let's find out. We just play the tape back and find out how they exploited us. What were they doing? Oh, now we can see it. Okay, let's fix that. <laughs> but you have, a lot, you, you, have, you have a lot of believers that they, they just have these things where they, they lost. Maybe they lost in a very humiliating way. And they never sit down with the Holy Spirit uh, who can teach them how to be healed from that and to go on from that and make sure it doesn't happen again. Praise God. Glory to the Lord. By the way, there's, there's nothing like a good loss that, make, that really kind of can be very sobering that makes you very resolved on the inside where you say, you know what, that's not going to happen to me anymore. I'm not, I'm not allowing the enemy to hoodwink me and pull this stuff over on me anymore. I'm going to be ready for every single day. Glory to God. Well, you know, it was just another normal day at the house a few days ago, and um, uh, there's some remodeling going on at our house, actually a lot of remodeling, and uh, there was a little break, and uh, the workers had left, and so I thought, well, I've got a little quiet time. I think I'll go over here and sit down and just relax for a few minutes. It's been a busy morning, and there's a knock on the door. I thought, well, that, that's kind of weird. Everybody's left. See, I have a real long driveway, so I, I don't know who would have driven up the driveway. It's, you know, it's like a private drive. I, I don't know who it would be. And so I open up the door. There's a, there's a lady standing there that drove up my driveway, and, and the moment I open the door, she hands me a track. And I know, I already know who she is, okay, just, just by the mannerisms, by the behavior, and just by the look of the track, she's Jehovah's Witness. <laughs> she, she says, oh, you know, you're, oh, you're doing a lot of remodeling, and uh, she starts all this, you know, and I, I, and I, she put the track towards my hand, and just literally, like, stuck it in my hand, and I took it, and I gave it right back. I said, I said, ma'am, I said, I don't believe in what you teach. And when I did that, it just, it like jolted her. But see, that's okay. You know why? Do you know why? She's on my turf. She has no right to come on my property at my house and put that in my hand. Oh, Pastor Stephen, you could have hurt her feelings. Oh, well, what if somebody hands you pornography? Here's a porn pornographic magazine that shoves it into your hand. Are you going to just keep it because you don't want to hurt their feelings? Are you going to say, ho, 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 hold on just a moment. Oh, no, no, I don't want that. I don't have anything to do with that to get that out of here. 
No. You, see, when you are flying at cruising altitude, you just react in the spirit. I just pushed that thing right back. She just, she did it so quick. I just pushed it right back. I said, oh, no. I said, I don't believe in that. I said, I'm a Christian pastor. And every time I say that to a Jehovah's Witness, they, get, they all of a sudden get real nervous. <laughs> because they're just like, they're just like, I, you're not going to get the Christian pastors. They're too... They're just too, they're too knowledgeable, and they know too much about the Bible. So they don't even really try if, if they know that. So I said, I'm a Christian pastor. I don't believe that. And pushed it back to her, and I said, hey, I do appreciate the fact that you contribute to society because you believe in good morals. I appreciate that. But I said, I, I do not believe what you teach. I believe the Bible. I believe in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And so, boy, she was she was ready to leave. Oh, she was, whoo, she was ready to get out of there just as fast as she could. <laughs> Why? I was ready. And, and, and when you're ready, and you never know when, but when when you're when you're always ready, you walk with the Lord daily. Then that stuff like that doesn't catch you off guard. Because you know what the you know what the devil would love to do? Stick a Jehovah's Witness track in my hand on my house at my property and drive off and say, ha ha, shove that in your hand. You and you're left holding the bag. I'm like, oh, no, 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 you're not doing that to me. Boom. Cut it off right immediately as soon as it happens. <laughs> and you, you cannot react like that if you're not flying at cruising altitude. But, but you just have to stay up in the Spirit. Jesus was up all the time, always up in the Spirit. They confronted Him as He was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing, are you doing these things? Who gave you this authority? I mean, they, they brought the heat they, they brought the heat. See, they actually think, he's on our turf, he can't do this. What they don't know is that he is the Lord of the temple. He is the guardian of the altar. This is his house. You're on my turf. That's actually is what's going on. Woo! Glory to God. By the way, did you know that if you're in the Spirit, if you walk in the Spirit, you're always on God's turf, no matter where you go? Wow, that's something to chew on right there. But Jesus answered and said to them, Bible, I also will ask you one thing. Okay, so you, you, you're going to do the question thing? I've got a question for you. Oh, they, they weren't ready for that. They, weren't re they, they thought he's going to be like this, fall apart. Well, <laughs> you know what, I need, I need a little time to get back to you on that. You don't have time for stuff like that when it hits. You've got to be up right at that moment. Praise the Lord. I also will ask you one thing, which if you tell me, I likewise will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John. Where was it from? From heaven or from men? And if you read it in Mark's gospel, he said, answer me. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, wow. This guy is not a pushover. I know he's the Lamb of God. I know he's kind and very loving, but oh, Jesus was sharp. I, it, by the way, he had a voice. He could preach. He preached to the multitudes. He was not this little, you know, like wimpy little preacher. No, he had a he had a voice, and he could belt it out, and uh, he uh, he could stand up by himself to this mini mob that came at him. Wild, and the and the question he just totally he totally unveiled them as being absolute complete hypocrites with his question, because they knew if they answered it accurately, uh, they're going to be exposed as frauds. Uh, the, the, the teaching and the answering of, uh, you know, the, his question, that's a little bit of a different subject. But I want you to understand that he's in charge. He's in charge. 
Mm. They answered Jesus and said, We do not know. And he said, Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. He's just like, I'm in control around here. I'm in control around here. This is my turf. You can't, you can't, you can't do that. You can't push me around if you don't have authority. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Glory to God. But you can't respond strong and in faith and also accurately if you're not at cruising altitude. So you're going to have to get up. You're going to have to let, you're going to have to let the Holy Spirit teach you how to walk with the Lord, how to overcome things. You have to wait on the Lord, spend time with the Lord. He'll teach you and He'll lead you in the way that you should go. He'll lead you in the way that you should go. And you'll always, you'll always be able to respond. Today, earlier today, I was at my house and with the renovation taking place, there was um, a full HVAC team working on the, um, the heater, the air conditioner, a new one being put in and electrician there. So you got, you got a good group of guys in the house. So, um, you know, I'm already there. I've been up since, since long time before the sun was ever up, spending time with the Lord and uh, get over to the house. These guys start coming in. So I'm standing at the top of the stairs at the entry entrance way. You open the door, then the stairs go up. I'm standing at the top of the stairs and I'm talking uh, to a couple of the guys on the HVAC team. And the door opens down below, and a, one of the guys on the HVAC team walks in. He walks into my house, and he's smoking something. I said, hey, are you smoking? He goes, oh, no. I said, well, what's that in your hand? He said, it's a, it's a vape. It's a cigarette vape. I said, get that out of my house. I said, I'm a man of God. I said, get that out of my house. You're not allowed to smoke in my house or on my property. And you, you, could have, you should have seen the faces on the guys. They were just like, whoa, 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 whoa. And it just, it just whoo, come out, it came out of me with force. Not trying to be mean, not trying to crush somebody. But hey, that's my house. That's my turf. The enemy is not going to walk in and just start huffing and puffing in my house. It's not going to happen. Whoo. Well, that guy was out of that door. You wouldn't believe how fast he was out of that door. And he, you know, he's got, you know, he's got to work there for the rest of the day. But you know what? When they, when they see a response like that, it, uh, it, it puts the fear of God in people. They're like, well, I'd, whew, I didn't know this was, I didn't know I was working for that kind of a person today. I better, I better try to step up my game a little bit. And then they're a little bit, a little bit shy when they're around you because they don't know what's going to come out of you next. <laughs> well, it's okay. They're on my turf. It's my place. Praise the Lord. And some of you, you need to be more authoritative because you're getting pushed around by the enemy all the time. Why? You're not at cruising altitude. And so that's where the humiliation comes from. That's, that's, where, that's why even believers can get embarrassed. Why? Uh, wrong place, wrong time. Or also, you're just not walking with the Lord, not praying, and then goofy stuff happens, which happens in life, and you don't know how to respond. Maybe you do the next day. Next day you think, well, I wish I'd have done this instead, but it's too late. It's gone. It's gone. You can't get it back. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, throughout the day, I was nice to those guys. I was able to talk with that guy later who was huffing and puffing and walking into my house and uh, just trying to let him know, hey, I'm a nice guy too. I'm not some kind of authoritarian dictator. But I'm just like, no, you're not, going to, you're not going to ever going to smoke in my house. I don't care if it's a cigarette or vape or whatever, or any kind of tobacco product. You're not coming in here with that. So, you know, it, when you walk with the Lord, you'll always have the right reaction. Praise the Lord. 
Glory to God. These are things that we need to know. These are things that when you walk with the Holy Spirit and He's teaching you, He'll, he'll, he'll teach you so that you, you start winning in life. He'll teach you how to talk in a, in a resume, for, for, or excuse me, not, not a resume, but for a job interview. He'll teach you all these things. But you have to get up early and spend time with the Lord. You have to get up real early and spend time with the Lord, because once the day starts, it's rolling, and it's rolling fast, and you won't, you won't have time to put brakes on afterwards. And that's why uh, unfortunate things befall many believers. They're not ready for life. They go into the day, and they're not ready for the day. Martin Luther, who God chose to be the man to lead the Great Reformation, and to bring the church out of the Dark Ages... He was a man that said, I have so much to do today that in order to get it all done, I'm going to have to pray at least three hours in the morning. So a lot of people would say, I've got so much to do, I don't have time to pray. He said, I've got so much to, to do, I must pray. Because if he did not pray for at least three hours every morning, you know what would happen for him? He'd get, he'd, he would lose, he'd get defeated. And he had so much opposition coming against him, and pressure, and attacks, and anger, and hatred against him, and threats upon his life against him, it would crush a normal person. So just to survive, just for him to have cruising altitude, for him, he had to have three hours of prayer every day in the morning, or else he's going to walk into things, and he's going to get his goose cooked. And he knew that. He had to be ready. Jesus he had to be ready. Every day was a day where it's, it's just, it's going to be coming from somewhere. And he's, you know, this is not an anticipation of something bad happening, but this is just walking with the Lord, and, and you're comfortable in the Lord, and if something does show up, you're ready. You're ready, and you're not caught off guard. Matthew chapter 22, verse 15, Then the Pharisees went and plotted how they might entangle him in his talk. To plot, to have a deep counsel. It's actually implied in the Greek that the plotting was not just something done individually in their own hearts, but a collective, collaborative effort. Let's get together and think, how can we take him down? And the, their, main, their main objective was like, let's trap him, let's entangle him in his talk. I'm concerned about some of you, because of the way you talk, the enemy is able to entangle you with your words because you're not consistent with, with speaking in alignment with God's Word. You, you try a few days to talk right, but then you get around a relative uh, or maybe a family member who loves talking and bragging about their sickness and disease, and somehow you're influenced by that, and they pull you into that, and the next thing you're talking about, you know, how sick you've been, and you know, how deep your medical records go, and how bad your case is, and before you know it, you've, you've glorified sickness, and you've belittled the atoning healing power of Christ. Uh, what, what happened? You're getting entangled with your words. So you need to get up early in the morning, be strong in the Lord, spend time with the Lord, wait on the Lord until you reach your cruising altitude. And then you just go out and you just fly. You just go out and you fly. Praise the Lord. But if you don't reach cruising altitude and you just go out there, uh, turbulence, turbulence everywhere. And life in many ways can be a bad or an unpleasant experience. I, I would encourage you today, if you've had losses, maybe a bitter loss, maybe a very bitter, humiliating experience, maybe some, somebody did something to you, I would encourage you, forgive. And actually in Scripture, we're, we're more than encouraged, we're actually commanded. But I would, I would say forgive, because 
many times maybe where somebody did something wrong to us yes the person did do something wrong but a lot of times if we actually let the Holy Spirit teach us and talk to us and help us a lot of times we'll realize we weren't even supposed to have been there and if we were not there that humiliating thing never would have happened or if we had been prayed up we would have responded differently and we could have neutralized or disarmed that situation and that that thing never would have happened either praise God this is all being led by the Holy Spirit taught by the Holy Spirit and it's the Holy Spirit who is the comforter who wants to make your life just as comfortable as possible praise God hallelujah he can give you the strength to be extremely bold when you need to be bold he can give you a backbone like you wouldn't believe stronger than steel to stand against anything just like the Lord told Jeremiah he said look the people you're going to be talking to their foreheads are really hard they're they're very stubborn people he said I'm going to make your forehead Jeremiah so strong the, just like like flint that if you th- if they think they they can be tough watch what I'm going to make you like <laughs> I mean, wow. God can give you a backbone, and you need that at times. There's times you need to, you need to hold the line. There's, there's other times you need supernatural grace to be sweet and be kind as well. Because a lot of times people are doing things not because maybe they're mean, because maybe they're having a bad day, maybe they're defeated, maybe they're having bitter experiences, and they're just lashing out. And there's different ways the Holy Spirit can help you to respond to that, you know, depending on how the Lord leads. But if you walk with the Lord, if you walk in the Spirit, you're always going to fly above all of these snares and traps. They plotted how they might entangle him in his talk. Every day, yes, every day, the enemy is plotting how to entangle you. I don't want you to be devil conscious. I don't want you to be thinking, I wonder what the devil's doing now to try to take me out. I don't want you to think about that. I just want you to be aware you need to be walking with the Lord. Praise God. You need to be flying in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6, seated with Christ above Satan as he's down there with all of his plans and all the evil spirits. Let, let them do whatever. It's not going to work against the man or woman who walks in the Spirit. Mm-mm. Wow. Years back, when my wife and I went on an overseas trip, we needed somebody to watch our house. Uh, my daughter, she wanted some goats, so we, we had gotten her some goats, uh, three little little small dwarf goats, pygmy goats, I think they were called. And uh, the goats were real sweet, so we needed somebody to watch the house and kind of, you know, take care of the goats. So, you know, I told uh, the man and his wife, uh, they were friends of ours, and uh, they were kind of elderly, but they were, they were up to it physically to, you know, kind of hold the fort down, so to speak. But I told him, I said, you know, this is how you take care of the goats. I said, watch, uh, watch the black one. Uh, watch out for Jasmine. She's a real trickster. And goats are real smart. They're smarter than dogs. They can open things you would never think they can open. They can, they can, they can do a lot of uh, very mischievous, smart type stuff. And so, um, so I take off. We leave on the trip. I come back. And when I got back, the, the dear man was just like totally flustered. And I could tell that Jasmine, the goat, had gotten his goat. I said, hey, wh- uh, what's going on? He goes, oh, he goes, oh, uh, Pastor Stephen, that, that black goat, uh, Jasmine, whoo, she really worked me over. I said, well, what happened? He said, well, you know, I was, uh, I was going outside, and I opened, opened your basement door, and uh, Jasmine ran inside your basement. 
I said, yeah, the, the basement's right next to the goat pen, and I could see how that could happen. He goes, well, I couldn't get her out. I said, you couldn't get her out? He goes, no, I, di I didn't know how. Well, I, I told him how we, how we could do it. Basically, just put some feet in your hand and let her see it, and she'll follow you right out. Anyhow, he got so uh, frustrated trying to chase the goat out of the basement and uh, wore himself out physically that he just gave up and went upstairs and, you know, went to sleep. And uh, while he's trying to sleep, the goat's going up and down the stairs all night long, you know, you know, bang, bang, you know, making noise and running up and down the stairs all night long. And uh, the goat got his goat. Uh, uh, the goat, Jasmine, got him flustered, frustrated. And See, that's what the enemy would like to do to people, uh, even believers. But, you know, walk in the Spirit. And no matter what's thrown at you, whether it's the Pharisees, uh, who could really be quite plotting with what they could do, or a pygmy goat, or a naked guy running around in your meeting. If you walk in the Spirit, you're just relaxed, you're calm, and the Holy Spirit will show you what to do. You might have to just get quiet just for a moment, but that answer will come up. It's the most, it's the mo most amazing thing. When you walk with the Lord, and you put your time in with the Lord, uh, it's almost the only, I can give different ways of describing it. <sighs> But it's like, I, I won't use coffee because if I drink coffee, caffeine, the caffeine in coffee doesn't do anything for me. I could have a cup of coffee before I go to sleep and go before bedtime at night and go straight to bed. The, co the caffeine in coffee doesn't really, I, I don't drink coffee for caffeine, I drink coffee for flavor. But let's say like an energy drink, like Red Bull. Uh, you know, when I was younger, I drink like a Red Bull or Monster Energy, and I could feel that bzz, buzz. You know, particularly if I drink, drink like two or three of them, I could feel like I'm, I'm wired, <laughs> wired with energy. And uh, uh, but there is something about the presence of God when you spend time with the Lord, and you go in, and you go into your day, even even 16 hours later, that buzz of the presence is still it's still there and it's new every day if you put your time in but if you don't keep that walk with God going it'll evaporate it'll it will evaporate but it is incredible if you get up early in the morning spend time with the Lord a force shield goes up around you and you have this presence I I, I like call it the buzz I don't know if that's a biblical term for it, but it's an awareness that something is around me, something's protecting me, something is near, it's like on me. It's the presence of the Lord. It's the presence of the Lord. But if you go into your day, no prayer time, no time with God, and just go into your day, your angels are going to be really, really busy all the time, and there's no telling what you're going to run into. Uh, unfortunately, you're also your angels can't talk for you. They, they, your angel can't not jump in front of the, you know, the group of Pharisees coming up to you in the temple and say, yeah, you can't talk to him right now. Uh, no, your, your opponents won't see your angels. So you need to be ready. You need to always stay at cruising altitude and be at that when you go into every single day. Heavenly Father, I pray for your people that they really open their hearts to the teaching ministry of the Holy Spirit. That as the Holy Spirit brings up certain memories, certain situations, certain events, that they will discuss that with your Holy Spirit, and they will, they will gain wisdom on how to respond, and how to behave wisely, and how to walk in the, the anointing and the glory. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. In the name 
of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Let's take communion today. Let's take communion. My wife's head administrator is a very godly, very prayerful woman. And she's very protective of Pastor Kelly and of myself. Uh, one time we were traveling, and she was traveling with us, and we were uh, at breakfast at a hotel. And uh, I had not yet come down for breakfast, but uh, Pastor Kelly went down with our administrator, uh, and they were going to have breakfast together. Uh, so Ke Pastor Kelly got her breakfast, went, go went sat in a certain area where she could do some uh, email work, and the, our administrator went over to another area to sit down and do some administrative work with her laptop while she ate her breakfast. And while our administrator is eating her breakfast, one of the workers there at the hotel, like, like, a, like the waitress, uh, came over and made, uh, and spoke to our administrator and made a very derogatory comment about my wife. It was really a very jealous, a very jealous comment. And this lady made this comment to our administrator, not knowing that this, uh, this woman is actually my wife's right-hand assistant. And when that lady made that comment, um, you know what, some of you, you just need to be, you need to be more bold. You get steamrolled all the time by the enemy, and you, you never stand up for the Lord or for His servants. But when, when that lady said that, the fire of God came out of our administrator, and she looked at that lady and said, said, woman, that lady over there I work for, and she's a servant of God, how dare you speak a word against her? And within minutes, that lady's job was on the line, on the line, and suddenly the terror of the Lord, the fear of the Lord came on that lady, and boy, you, you talk about whoo, uh, a, a dramatic 180 change in service. She was trying to serve my wife, everything you could think of. Do you need another fork? Do you need another napkin? Do you, would you like some flowers on your table? <laughs> Woo! Boy, because she realized she just about lost her job over that. But, you know, I, I, I had a person one time in my presence speak very derogatorily about Oral Roberts. I said, Dr. Oral Roberts, I said, I'd like to be just like him. I believe he's a great man of God. I said, if you don't like Dr. Lowell Roberts, there's something tremendously wrong with you. Well, we don't like that. Well, you know, it's just like, you know, some of you would never stand up to defend maybe even your own pastor. I have people that support my ministry, love my ministry. They would not only take a bullet for me, they would fight to see who could be the one that would have the honor of taking it. Praise God. That's the kind of people <laughs> I thank God that He has surrounded me with. Um, but some of you, you need to really let the Holy Spirit put a backbone in you. So you really start standing up for the Lord and you just don't, you know, you just, you become the person that God wants you to be. Not everybody's always going to like you, but the ones that do will greatly esteem you. Praise God. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the bread. We thank you for the juice. We ask that you bless it. We consecrate it. We thank you. This is now the flesh and the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Father, we thank you. Hallelujah for strength. Woo. Glory. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. If you watch your words and you never speak derogatorily about somebody else, then you're never going to get entangled in your words. Praise the Lord. 
Watch your words. Don't, get, don't let the enemy entangle you in your words. It's one of his preeminent traps is to get you tangled in words. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Glory. Glory to God. A great man of God who in many ways had an unblemished record was caught on, on tape, didn't know he was being taped, was caught on tape talking to a former president of the United States. We're going back in time, maybe 40 years, but he was caught on tape talking to the president, didn't know they were being wiretapped, and this great man of God made a very derogative commentary, I mean statement about Jewish people. And you know what? When he found out that it had been recorded and, and then released in the press, he wept. And he was deeply sorrowful. And you know what? The Jewish people didn't really trust him after that. And this, this man was the preeminent evangelist in the world. Watch out. It's one of the enemy's number one ways to entangle you, is to get you trapped with your words. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Father, we receive the body of Jesus with faith and thanksgiving. Lord, be our strength. Lord, if we're not supposed to talk, just help us to keep our mouth closed and let the Holy Spirit super glue <laughs> be, be upon our tongue, be upon our mouth. We thank you. We give you praise. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for helping us, Father. Thank you for helping us. In Jesus' name, we receive the body of Jesus. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, it's true, I'm sure, in many ways that we have also, as individuals, we've done things that maybe hurt somebody else, that maybe embarrassed somebody else. Maybe we didn't even know it when we did it, but yet it had that effect. So, Father, we just thank you for the blood of Jesus cleansing us from all sin. And we just would also ask, Father, for that grace that we can, we can walk uprightly, really watching our words so nothing jumps out or slips out that would cut or hurt. But we thank you also, Father, for boldness when we need to be bold, when it's not a time to be timid, when it is a time to say what needs to be said. We thank you for Holy Spirit boldness. We thank you, Father God. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. Father, if the Apostle Paul prayed and asked the believers to pray that he would have boldness, if he had to pray and ask for boldness, Lord, we also ask for the spirit of boldness as well. We thank you, Father God. We thank you. We thank you that you called us to be salt and light. And there is a time at times to say something that needs to be said. So, Father, we thank you for strength. We receive the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Thank you for an infusion, an injection of your very nature into our life right now. In Jesus' name, let's receive. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, time to hit the afterburners. Time to get those engines up the full thrust and get on up the cruising altitude and walk with the Lord. That's where you're seated. That's where you belong. See you in the heavenly places. 